1920s. What a decade. That's right, Glenn. <laughs> it was a time of dappers, a time of slappers. Ladies' skirts looked like lampshades, and men wore hats. <laughs> and pants. Did that get you in the mood? That, that uh, <laughs> made me feel like I was in a newsreel. Seriously, like, at what point in history did men stop wearing hats? I think it must have been... Maybe the 50s or the 60s? It has to be the 60s, I reckon, because you look at yeah. 1950s movies and they're all wearing hats. They've still got the fedoras. The 60s have got long hair and flowers. Yeah. I kind of wish the standard of clothing these days, though, was dapper. Like, I love that fashion. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad that it's now it's uh, bum wear. <laughs> like you, the more you look like a homeless person, the uh, more fashionable you are. I mean, I do love a pinstripe soup and all that soup. A <laughs> suit. <laughs> <laughs> but like suspenders are pretty cool. Oh, okay. the the look is definitely awesome. I'm a big uh, fan of Brill Cream. I just don't know about the effort <laughs> required <laughs> to look like that. Well, the Roaring Twenties. We'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> but first, <laughs> hey there, friends. You are listening to Good Movie Monday. We are the weekly podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. Ben Helwig, right there. Hi, Ben. Good day to you, sir. I said good day. <laughs> My cue to leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a welcome and a goodbye. And a goodbye. <laughs> I'm Glenn Cochran. Thank you for hitting play. Your patronage is incredibly valued. And in addition to this show that you're listening to, we do produce a ton of video content on our social media pages, plus a bunch of uh, all videos, reviews, whatever. Conversations is what you'd call it. Yeah. <laughs> Mindless drivel. There you is go. Is what some people would call it. New tagline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Hit us up there. Hey, while you're at it, um, our website too, goodmoviemonday.com. Everything we do is pretty much there to be found. It's a hub. It's a hub. And you know it's good because it's a .com, not a filthy .com.au. <laughs> or a .net. Or a .net. Or, oh. a, you know, yeah. Oh, or a .tv. <laughs> or whatever the new ones are, .mobi. Canada has a .ca. .ca, yeah. <laughs> or the UK has a has .cock. <laughs> This is .co.uk. Don't go looking dot, up .cock. .cock. <laughs> .cock. Well, there we go. Um, what else do we have going on, Ben? We have giveaways. We have giveaways. We currently have several competitions running on our website. Uh, once again, goodmoviemonday.com. We are in the final hours of our American Werewolf in London competition. Yeah, thanks like, thanks to uh, Joel at Dead End DVD or Dead End Drive-In. <laughs> Whichever way you Whichever want to look at it. Whichever way you want to look at it, but Dead End DVD. So we're about to put a lock on that one tonight and um, we're going to draw a prize on tomorrow night's video and mm -hmm. um, draw a prize, draw a winner on tomorrow night's video. Oh no, no we're drawing a prize because I want that, I want that prize <laughs> yeah, right. and it's just going to be what, what, what piece of crap do I have two copies of are we going to give away instead? <laughs> the joke's on you, So uh, participants. We, we will be doing it via video so that you can see how we're drawing these names and it's not favoritism or anything like that. Nepotism is another word I could use. Just because I've switched out the entries so that all the uh, all the pieces of paper say Ben Helwig on them. <laughs> That's right. But uh, otherwise, completely legit. Completely. And we're serious. Like you're yeah. making fun of this, but it's legit. No, no. It's look. We're, it's this is all under the uh, 
It's all under the auspicious control of the Hayes Code, <laughs> who uh, control competitions in in uh, Victoria, uh, or is it the Comic Comic Code Authority? <laughs> uh, no, the Classification Board. There's does, an authority. Who does the competitions? <laughs> I should know that. <laughs> George's. Remember George's? Uh, so much information to cram into one show. Let's um, let's start on the downer and work our way up. Rayleigh Otter, Friday. I know. What news to wake up to? And he just, he di- in his sleep. Yeah, I know. Like, he was, what, 69 or 68, something like that? Something like that, yeah, still in his 60s. So still well and truly able to have to have died fucking a hooker. <laughs> well, he always looked like he had just fucked the hooker. Like, he was always pasty and sweaty. Yeah. And, like, it made me think maybe there's underlying health issues, but he maintained that look for, what, decades? <laughs> decades, yeah. He looked like... You know, it's the, <laughs> oh, no. as he becomes the coke addict in Goodfellas towards the end, that's how he looked for the rest of his... Uh... Do you remember how pasty he got in um, Hannibal after he had his skull cut out? Oh, he's, he thought it tasted great. <laughs> he thought his, when he gets to eat his own brain, he thought what, it was uh, tasty. What a performer. What a performer. And remember him in Heartbreakers? I remember him so many, but I'll tell you what, the last in impression is definitely that clown wig from Hoopy Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gets so, me. So good. <laughs> Hoobie Halloween always has a way of coming, coming back, back around. Yes. Yeah. And it was just making me think, I, I like, I do have to watch Hoobie Halloween again. <laughs> even though, like, you know, for, was it Halloween in, Halloween in July or whatever? <laughs> What's the uh, nonsense uh, Halloween in June? Like, Halloween, so that's j- just a, a thinly veiled excuse for me to watch Hoobie <laughs> Halloween. Yep. Uh, day. But I also have to, I have to watch uh, Wild, not Wild Thing. Uh, what's that? Now I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> wild at Heart. No, it's not, not Wild at Heart. Well, that is a thing. Is it Wild? I don't know what you're talking about. The movie with Melanie Griffiths. Oh, Wild... Um, oh, fuck. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, it's not just me. And, and Jeff Daniels. Yeah. The Wild Thing? No, the Wild One? Fuck. Wild at Life. Uh, dun, 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 1920s. I like that uh, my phone is not on silent for whatever reason that we're recalling this. <laughs> the film, Something wild. The film wasn't around yeah. <laughs> in the 1920s. Something wild. From 1986. How did we get there? Just because we're talking about Ray the Otter movies we're going to rewatch now that he's passed. Uh, of course. Of course. And, that was uh, a naughty, naughty film when I was a kid. Yeah, because Melanie Griffiths is very sexual <laughs> in it. That and White Palaces. Whoa. Walked yeah. into that one at the wrong moment when I was a kid. Yeah. Or the right moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not so, when your parents are there. No. no. The instant boner that <laughs> you then have to try and hide. <laughs> no. And Susan Sarandon going, yep, I did that. <laughs> Proud as punch. It was more embarrassing for my parents, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I've got no control over this thing. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> Neither did Dad. No. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the Roaring Twenties. Like, is there anything you want to add about Ray Liotta before we do? Because you know it is very sad. We're making light of. We make light of everything. No, I'm just. Look, I'm just glad that that uh, I've always I've always been super proud that a man with severe acne scarring. Yeah. <laughs> can become a big Hollywood star. That's true. It's true because I was kid with acne. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I had horrible, horrifying acne. I was medicated. I still do. Mm, far out. That's why you got the beard. Covers it up. <laughs> Covers it up. But the bald head it causes problems because sometimes, sometimes uh, the hat, like if I wear a hat or a beanie, and then the flare up, it gets caught under there, and uh, it hates. It's not a nice place to. Well, to that's, get knacker. that's the reason I never liked taking my shirt off as a kid because the acne was on my shoulders and my back and it was like, that That shit hurts too. Yeah, right. I try yeah. sleeping with that crap. Do you remember that movie? 
there's a, I can't remember what the movie's called, but it's about these two kids. And when they're kids, one of them has horrifying acne. Like they're, they're massive and they're all like incredibly painful and pus filled. And this is yep. in the kind of, I guess it would be the sixties or seventies when he's got, and the only other kid that would talk to him is this, who was a like, kind of cool guy, mm. but then they kind of drift apart when they go to high school or whatever. And then they come back, they meet again when they're older and the one who's gone off now, uh, I can't remember which one of them. One of them drives an ambulance. Right. And then they, t- they when they meet up again, takes him to the, to the, the morgue and shows him like all of the attractive women corpses. <laughs> oh, the and fuck? then they have sex. <laughs> he convinces the other guy to, to have sex with one of the corpses. What is this film and where can I find it? Look, Des Mangan is responsible for it because I'm sure he, I'm pretty sure he played it on SBS. Wow. And I'm pretty sure Curzon brought it out on VHS. I can't remember what it's called. If we can figure this out by the time this episode airs, it'll yeah. be on our letterbox. <laughs> Let's type into Google, Acne Necrophilia Film. <laughs> Sounds great. Today's episode brought to you by Clearasal. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Crazy Love. Oh, I have heard of that. And it's it... the first thing that comes up. Like literally, <laughs> Acne Necrophilia Film... Crazy Love, 1987. A 12-year-old boy learns that love can be unfair and that a man is capable of doing anything to get his share of love. A 12-year-old boy. It's a story by Charles Bukowski. Oh, what's the poster look like? You got a picture there? Uh, I do. The one that we had, because I, I think I did buy this on DVD and I gave a copy of it to a friend of mine. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of... Oh, I, I recognise his face. I don't rec- don't know that. The cover is the cover is me <laughs> picking into the into my like the lounge room after I was after bedtime while my parents are watching some adults only movie. And I'm, What's this? Yeah, that's what me and White Pals. <laughs> you and White Pals, yeah. Oh, far out, man. Rub, rubbing your erection into the into the door crack. <laughs> I was plastered. Oh, I wasn't expecting this show to take that direction so quickly. Leave it to you, mate. It's the, uh, it's, the, it's the price you pay for having this guy as a co-host. So let's try and bring it back to the Roaring Twenties. Um, a decade of glitz and glamour, I guess we could say. It was a huge cultural shift for Western society, the, the 1920s. I have to say that you know, when we were talking about this, now originally it was for an inter- because it, we had an interview subject that, that has since fallen through. Yes. And, but my idea was post-World War I, Pre-World War Two, And you're, you said, that's too hard to come up with a good name for it. We're just doing Roaring Twenties. <laughs> and every film that I wanted to cover is either made from pre-1920 or from 1920, 1930 <laughs> to 1940. <laughs> every single one that I was like, I'm going to do this film. No, 1931. I'm going to do this one. No. 1918. And, and the irony there too is when I sat down really excited to look at films, everyone, I'm like, I'm going to do that one. I'm going to do that one. It said 1932. <laughs> like, oh. Everyone. And, and now that the interview fell through it, it didn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. <laughs> we, let's just, we were going to be talking to the director of Mothering Sundays, a new period piece with um, Olivia Coleman. Which yeah. I really want to say, I can't, every time you mention it to me, the name means nothing. Yeah. And then I say the the, the, trailer, the, poster, the poster, the trailer, and I'm like, oh, this one. Like, yeah. the trailer was really good. I do want to see this. Yeah, almost happened too. Ah, oh, well, you know, win some, are, lose some. This is how it goes when you're in the uh, in the, in the the interview game. That's right. Sometimes they fall through because people are busy and important. But as I said, like, the, the Roaring, they call it the Roaring Twenties, and it was because it was a massive cultural shift. Like, the arts became big business, fashion became center stage, 
Art Deco was all the flavour. Booze. Booze was very popular. Booze was huge. Jazz. That's right. And, I mean, not only that, like, you had technology was making advances. Penicillin got invented. Um, women's suffrage, the women's right to vote. It was all happening in the 20s. And then, for the 30s, the Depression came along and fucked all of <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but, but then, then, you, then you got to go on a journey with Natty Gann. <laughs> Right. You didn't get to do that in the 20s. I mean, more, huh? good, more good stories came out of the Depression. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Pay toilets. People made millions out of pay toilets in the Depression. Oh, they did not well, make millions in pay toilets in the 20s. We will have to do a show on the Great Depression. That would be a great one. That would be one. a great one. Yeah. Um, but the Who can reason- we get as a guest? <sighs> Who's depressed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's That'd plenty of sponsorship in that. There's a, yeah. <laughs> Zoloft. Zoloft is a... <laughs> I think there's charity donations. Yeah. Oh, is that too? Yeah. Go for the go for a walk.com. That's a big, uh, <laughs> they're a big uh, one for depression. But the reason they say for the economic boom in the 1920s was because it was all the soldiers coming home from World War One that went straight back into the workforce all at once. And that's what right. gave the economy a huge boost. And then it all came apart. It all fell apart. It was 10 years of decadence is what they say. <laughs> yeah. I do love a, big, a good bit of decadence. You do. So that is today's show. There you are. We have it. We've introduced it. 1920s, the Roaring Twenties. And later on, we do have the three lads from Bonehead Weekly coming up. They're going to interpret this. Interpret? Interpret. In- I'll just interpret. It's like it's like you were just reading someone's surname. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Because you just can't pronounce them properly. You get them uh, wrong. You read them and you're like, this is, this is, if there's any way to mispronounce this person's surname, you've done it. Podcast host extraordinaire. Yeah, you am keep I... putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable, as Mike Myers would say. How many times am I going to bring this voice into it? I don't know. I think you're going to every t- every chance you get. I think, Glenn. Oh well, if if we had ratings, that's where it dips. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for the sweeps episode. And shortly, we do have Guillermo Troncoso from Screen Realm, who's going to present you with the movie well, news do, from the past. Do this week. in the voice. <laughs> do all this stuff in the voice. <laughs> all right, go back. Yeah, go back and do it in the voice. <laughs> uh, where did I start? Um, later on, we have the. Bonehead Weekly, the boys from Kentucky, <laughs> interpreting. <laughs> <laughs> Those wonderful boys from Kentucky are back. <laughs> and shortly, Guillermo Troncoso from Screen Realm, presenting you with this week's movie news. Go get them, boys. <laughs> 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 let's, uh, let's Show that Hitler what for. <laughs> let's get Jared out of the way and carry on with things. No, Jarrett, I guess it's up to us to pick up the slack. What was that? <laughs> He's having a great time. He is, but um, that means no coverage of new releases. I do know the Batman is coming out this week. That's oh, the big it? release of the week. The emo Batman. The emo Batman. Um, plenty of uh, what we call SKUs, editions, Blu-ray, DVD, 4K, 4K Steelbook, I believe. Jesus. So if you're into the, the Batman and... He's <laughs> caped crusading. Got to get all of them. Uh, there's a movie coming out called There Are no, There Are No Saints, which is the new Paul Schrader film. That's gotten some good feedback online. So that's an interesting one. I like me a bit of Paul Schrader. He can be hit and miss. He can be wanky. He can be legendary. Yeah. I like I like I like Leonard Schrader as well. <laughs> there's a His movie brother. movie that actually looks really good called Foxhole. Have you heard of this one? It's a war film that takes place across three different wars and it kind of intercuts between generations at war. It sort of says something like. Um, 
same family, different war, something like that was the tagline. Right. Yeah. Interesting looking film. Yeah, who brought that one out? It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that one is Defiant, I believe. Defiant, okay. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. If I am mistaken, you won't hear this piece no, I'm of sure audio. Somebody, and... so, yeah, <laughs> or somebody will correct us online. That's right. And uh, what else? The Exorcism of God. What a stupid title. Well, but you got to get him out. How, how do you exorcise He's insidious. God? <laughs> gotta... The Exorcism of God. The power of Satan compels you. Is this just an, like a, a non-entity on a bed? Like... I need an old goat and a young goat. An old goat and a young goat. <laughs> That's how it... Jarrett does this segment so much better than us. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jarrett. He's, it's almost as if he plans and prepares for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what he gets for piking on us, you know, leaving us to our own devices. In the lurch. Yeah. While going on, if, if, if I go on holiday, if I go overseas, you won't see me for dust, Glenn. <laughs> for dust. You're not going to phone it in? Well, may, I suppose maybe, but it would be an early morning one. <laughs> Hang on, and what are you doing away without me? Yeah. <laughs> That's the bigger question. So it's just, uh, you know, yeah. Can you imagine that that morning rise with the drapes being pulled? Good morning, Ben. <laughs> I love that you. I love that when we're when we're sharing a hotel room together, you're talking in that twenties voice. <laughs> well, drawing the drapes. Well, draw the drapes. Naked. Rising, rising, shine, son. <laughs> We've got a big day planned. First, we're going to hit the sights. Then we're going dancing. <laughs> then to Denny's <laughs> and Mickey Mouse. <laughs> And if you're a good boy, I'll get you some fairy floss. Oh, I think I'm over it already. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Jarrett's segment. Dramatic sound. Yeah. <laughs> I was so disappointed this week. Like I was disappointed in myself this week because leading up to the show, as we spoke about, we had all these preconceived notions of what we're going to do. And I was on the money with the date. Like I picked the 1920s film and I was so excited to do it. Um, my mind was made up and I thought, yep, let's revisit this. Haven't seen it since I was a teenager. It's not as good as I remember it being. In <laughs> fact, it's really shit. And so I'm not going to cover it, but I will tell you about it. 1991's Mobsters. Now, oh. this is a movie I adored as a teenager. I always considered it to be the, the mobster version of Young Guns. Right. Right. Because you had that hot up and coming class. Like Richard, Richard Greco. Richard it? Greco, Christian Slater, Patrick Dempsey and oh, Costas Mandalore. Yeah, right. right. And so it was like a Young Guns kind of thing, you know, hot shots. Um, and the biggest appeal, of course, in the 90s was it had that big fat R rating on the cover. So when you're 13 or 14 watching this movie, it's the coolest fucking thing on yeah. earth, right? So that is where my mind was when I'm picking it. Dude, it sucks. It's like, And Christian Slater doing that Italian accent. Like, what are you talking about? Like, Oh, really? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. It's been a long time. I haven't seen it since the since the VHS days. Yeah, because then like... But I remember this and... Anthony, was it... Anthony Quinn comes in like as a mobster boss and Christian Slater's like, I live it alone. Because <laughs> wasn't there... There was also... Wasn't there also like Mar Baker and then a bit later with the Newton Boys? The Newton Boys was the which is, Richard Linklater one. Yeah, which is all... You know, I always put them in together. But isn't like... It was a trend. Because it isn't mobsters like, it's. is it Frank Nitti and is it all those guys from The Untouchables? Like the Al Capone kind of... Oh, it's, it's, well, yeah, because Al Capone's featured in it for a very brief right. moment. but And it might be those historical figures. I don't know. Because when I'm watching it, I was in such disbelief. Like, I'm like, I could have sworn this was a great this movie. This is great. And it's not. <laughs> so there we go. That, you know, that, that defies, that kicks against my reputation, mate, of loving everything. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> come on. Give me some credit. Nostalgia has not... Worked in in 
this film's right. favour. So instead, I went for an infinitely better mobster movie. It's a classic. It's Miller's Crossing, which is, um, yeah, you know, this is film. this is the film that I used to piss off Keith with all the time on the show when he was host, co-hosting because I'd always tell him this is infinitely better than Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, before you shoot yourself, like, I don't actually believe that. Like, I don't think it is. I, I enjoy it more than The Godfather. I can watch it more easily than The Godfather. But The Godfather's clearly the better movie. But nevertheless... Yeah, well, The Godfather has parts in it that drag. And it goes for, what was it, three hours or something? Yeah. Whereas <laughs> Mill's Crossing is just a, a tight, exciting thrill ride. Keith just had a conniption fit. <laughs> Do you remember when people used to say conniption, conniption fit? Conniption fit, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, Titus Wellivers. I'm just, I'm still, I'm still stuck on mobsters. All right, well, let's talk about mobsters before I move on to Miller's Crossing. Robert Zadar's in it. Mm, it's got a great cast. Michael Gambon, Chris mm-hmm. Penn, F. Hey, Murray Abraham, Lara Flynn Boyle. Let's stop there for a second. Two things: uh, Michael Gambon, or Gambon, he's pretty awful in it too. Like, yeah, I didn't right. think he was bad in anything, but he's pretty bad in that. Uh, F. Murray Abraham, dude. He's still alive. I thought he was dead. No, he's, he's the guy. He's he's the Maggie Smith of actors. Like he he doesn't seem to age. Age, yeah. No, he's or, just or he was always old. He's looked. Oh, why you didn't say anything about Fiveish Finkel being in it? <laughs> Classic five Fiveish Finkel. Well, that's perfect for the radio announcer voice, isn't it? Yeah. Fiveish Finkel. <laughs> <laughs> Screen great. And a and a bunch of guys who played Ferengi in Star in Star Trek. <laughs> And so they're still they're like they know where their money's coming in, conventions. So they're IMDb. Uh... We've we've spoken about mobsters at such length that it has to go on the letterbox. It's going on the list. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. That sucker to you if you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it a watch. Hey, I want to see it. Again. The, I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe if I watched it with somebody, I'd get more out of it. Like, but I tell you what, like, is it better or worse than Poms? Oh, <laughs> double feature. Double. Yeah. <laughs> You hear that? You hear that, Asta Theatre? Is there? We want to see Poms and Mobsters <laughs> Is there back to anybody back. Anybody in Poms that's in Mobsters? That's the question. I would not surprise me. Well, because you've got a Godfather character in there. Yeah. Oh, well. And it was only 1991, so they all would have been working, well and truly working. Mm. Don't know. Shall don't I? Know. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't remember who uh, a lot of the side <laughs> characters from Poms are. Shall I just move on to Miller's yeah. Crossing? All right, Let's cool. So, directed by the Cohen brothers, this is a banger. Gabrielle Byrne stars in it. Albert Finney is like the mob boss in it. John Turturro's in it. Steve Buscemi, uh, Marsha Gay Harden. It's it's a it's a who's who of um, the Cohen verse, yeah. really. Uh, and rather than this is what I think appeals. Like to I me. tell my boys, always shoot them in the face. <laughs> what appeals to me about this film is it's it's not another Italian mob story. This one comes from the Irish point of view. So it's the Irish mob who are at war with the Italian mob. Yeah. So there, there's that's the the crux of the story. Um, the Gabrielle Byrne character is pretty much. Yes, he's like the Robert Duvall, Tom Hagen character from Godfather. He's mm. like the um, the accountant or the the, 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 well, the role the, advisor. He's the advisor, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's trying to keep the peace between the two rival outfits, and you know, and he's fucking the the boss's missus at the same time. So there's yeah. that, which is awesome. Um, That's uh, Marsha Gay Hayden. But yes, it is. Um, so it's it's a typical story of you know loyalties. There's a lot of honor and deception going on here, but the Cohen brothers have such a unique take on the whole mobster thing. The production design is just delicious. It's got an Irish feel to it. I don't know. How do you how do you have an Irish feel in a mobster movie? It just does. I guess... Well, most of the characters are Irish. 
<laughs> I know, but I'm talking about just the aesthetic. Like, cause the same thing yeah. with um, Road to Perdition. That felt Irish too. It's more, I mean, obviously green is Irish, but the production design also, has that green. Once again, it's the Irish it. mob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although they do, in that one, they actually, like, they're allied with uh, Frank Nitti. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who's, who, funnily enough, is played by Stanley Tucci, who seems like a, like a civilized kind of thing. You watch it, Untouchables, and it's, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Billy Drago, yeah, yeah, who's like yeah. a to- looks like a total psychopath. Yeah, I guess that like Miller's Crossing is more like the music video version of Godfather because it's fast, it's punchy. Like the shootouts are like gratuitously delicious. Like, yeah, I, I, don't know I was going to say it's The Last Man Standing <laughs> as opposed to Akira Kurosawa's <laughs> yeah. Yojimbo. I guess if you want to take it there. Yeah, but um, like I mean, do you remember that epic um, shootout at the end when it's the cops? like hundreds of cops against the mobsters in the cafe and it's just a fucking slaughter. I, I don't what I what what I remember most strongly about Miller's Crossing is that scene where they come for Albert Finney and yeah, he's yeah. in his uh um like smoking jacket or yep. whatever it is and he just slides off the roof of his house with with a Tommy gun just <laughs> it's very killing cool. everyone who comes anywhere near him. It's such an amazing scene. That and uh and John Polito and the guy who plays the Dane. When they're running around, like he's like, I always tell my boys, shoot him in the face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and of course, the iconic moment is the the John Turturro moment in the oh, woods. Oh, in the woods, yeah. yeah. Most suspenseful moment I can recall. Like I, I remember watching it for the first time, and actually, like you know, damn near close to myself. Like it was so tense that I just you know didn't know what was coming. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to spoil that because this is a recommendation, and I want you to watch it. But um, yeah, tell and it's you got what, a pretty pretty good. Blu-ray, I think, available locally. I haven't seen that. I've only ever seen the DVD or what's on streaming. So I'm pretty sure it does. Does it? I think it does. Or is it that and Simple Plan? Simple Plan has like five. They <laughs> said five like awesome Blu-ray well, I mean, releases. Obviously, I think Miller's Crossing as well. Obviously, Sam Raimi Simple Plan has that Coen Brothers connection, and Sam Raimi is in this that is massive it? shootout I was talking about. As he... Snickering Gunman, according to IMDb, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that his char- that's his character's name, Snickering yeah, Gunman. Yeah, because he he steps forward and sort of. T- Fires the first shots and then they fire back and the squibs galore, man. Like Sam yeah. Raimi cops it sweet. <laughs> so good. So good. But yeah, it's, it was shot in New Orleans. So there's another sort of element of that, um, that I guess, texture I'm talking about because it's autumn. So yeah. All those browns and golds and greens. Are, yeah, it's a beautiful film. So yeah, if you've never caught it, I think in terms of Coen Brothers, I love them. I adore them actually. It's top five for, for me in, yeah. in there. What do you call it? In the oeuvre. In the oeuvre. So get on it. That's a recommendation, people. What's happening, everybody? It's Gideon here again from ScreenRealm.com, Australia's favourite entertainment website covering all things movies and television. Once again, here to tell you a little bit about what we've covered in the last week. Kicking off with some sad news, unfortunately, as was talked about already, Ray Liotta has passed away. The legendary actor whose many, many credits, over 125 credits, known for films such as Goodfellas, Field of Dreams, Narc, Hannibal, Copland, The Many Saints of Newark, and the list just goes on and on. A legendary actor died at 67, passing away in his sleep whilst in the Dominican Republic, where he had been filming a thriller titled Dangerous Waters. He will be missed. Netflix landed a major Khan's deal with a hot package titled Pain Hustlers, a film to star Emily Blunt and to be directed by David Yates, a director known for Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore and a number of Harry Potter films. The film is said to be in the same tone as The Big Short and will have Blunt playing Liza Drake, a high school dropout dreaming of a better life for her and a younger daughter who lands a job with a pharmaceutical startup 
that's failing. Luckily for the company, her charm, guts and drive catapult them into the next stage and things don't go well. She soon finds herself at the center of a criminal conspiracy with deadly consequences. Netflix reportedly closed a deal worth around $50 million for the worldwide rights. Our writer Hagen Osborne reviewed the Bob's Burgers movies and there's some great news if you're a fan of the long-running animated series. He gave it 4.5 stars out of 5. He called it the movie equivalent of a hot tea for the soul, describing it as a must-see for fans of the hit series. 4.5 stars. Go to Screen Realm, check out the complete review. You can also jump on Screen Realm for the latest giveaway that we have running. This time we're giving our readers in Australia a chance to win tickets to see Benediction in cinemas. Benediction explores the turbulent life of First World War poet Siegfried Sassoon through the eyes of the revered filmmaker Terence Davies, known for a quiet passion and the House of Mirth. The cast includes Jack Loudon, Peter Capaldi, Simon Russell Beale, Jeremy Irvine, and more. June 9th for that film, go to ScreenRom.com, hit our win page, and enter that giveaway right now. Thanks so much for having me, everybody. I'll catch you again next week.
go, Ben Lana Del Rey, young and beautiful. <laughs> which she is. Uh, from Baz Luhrmann's The Great Gatsby, which um, that probably represents the Roaring Twenties better than anything else, but it's a shit movie. Didn't like it. Yeah, I tried to watch it. I didn't, couldn't get into it. It's no Romeo and Juliet. Cracking soundtrack. It's though. no. It's no Australia. <laughs> I do love Australia. You know it. <laughs> not joking, people. <laughs> no, no, you're not. <laughs> Your Horrifying. turn for a recommendation. Take it away. Well, I unfortunately, like, I had a lot of trouble finding movies that were in the twenties that I wanted to talk about, and I did not. I was just not in the mood to watch Chariots of Fire again. Did you at all consider choosing a movie made in the nineteen twenties? Yes, I did, and I was hoping that there were going to be some good British mm. kind of crime films, yep. but or like you know Hitchcock films, and they're they're all made in the thirties and forties. <laughs> the twenties like, is really a yeah, like you know Lady Van. I was like, oh, Lady Vanishes, or I could do like Pressburger and Powell, like I know where I'm going, or so I thought that's surely that's after World War One, but then no, it's uh, it's World War Two. I'm like, so it's forties, far out. There was a lot really of just a lot really of stuff I couldn't do, but. Can I have it one guess? Have you oh, yeah. done Cat's Meow? No, although okay. I have seen the Cat's Meow. I saw that at MIFF. That comes um, up every time you look for a 1920s movie. Yeah, yeah. Cat's <laughs> Meow and Chariots of Fire were the two most common ones that came up on every search. Uh, no, look, I did one that I had not seen before and I had walked in on someone watching it and I thought, this looks pretty good, but it was already like you know, halfway and, through. And did you so have I that erection? I, I always... <laughs> I pop, I pop Viagra like the Tic Tacs, <laughs> just to maintain my erection at all times. Like, it's been four hours, Doc. It hasn't gone down. Uh, <laughs> that's the way I like it. I like doors to open for me. <laughs> no, it's the, it's the opposite. It's the, uh, I'm the only person I know with a full erection who walks into a oh. wall. My nose gets, my nose gets hurt. It's going to say I'm much more sensitive. Yeah. I have like butcher's drapes in my doors. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, this one, uh, uh, so I, I stopped and I kind of, like, I always thought I'd get back to it. And it actually, going looking looking back at it, it's an odd lapse in my Clint Eastwood Ooh. watching. I know what you've uh, done. Uh, kind of habits. Did I recently acquire this? Uh, I don't know. I showed you a pile the other week. I reckon you did. City Heat? Is it? City no, Heat? it's not City Heat. Though I did watch City Heat Is not that too 20s? long ago. Maybe, I don't know. It's probably... No, knowing our luck, it's the 30s or the I'm 40s. I'm going to stop preempting you. Tell us. Um, no, this is The Changeling. Oh, I love this film. Angelina which, Jolie. Angelina Jolie. So from it's, it was made in 2008, but set in, I think, 1928. Oh, this is one of the best things he's directed, I reckon. And this, you know, it's not a Eastwood-started project. It mm. was originally supposed to be Ron Howard. Yep. Uh, but due to scheduling conflicts, he couldn't do it, so... In comes Clinton, the old Mal Paso Productions. Takes all the credit. And takes it and, and, and runs with it. But by the looks of things, he, they hadn't even cast. Yeah. And it's not like he was doing Ron Howard stepping into the star into a Star yeah, Wars film and just like taking it. over. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg doing it for uh, Kubrick. It was an empty passed. project he walked into. Yeah. 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 He, I think he just, they were in the development phase. Yeah, right. So basically, this movie. So yeah. So Angelina Jolie, who we, who apparently there are a lot of people went for this role. And she would have been still two thousand eight. She would have been huge still. It's the only time I think she's perfect for something. And that they chose a big like it's one of those arbitrary things like <laughs> yeah. According to the to, to the to the Wikipedia, which is the repository of all human knowledge, uh, Angelina Jolie was because he cast her because her face looked like it suited the twenties. Yep, well, it does. It does. And it does. It really does. Like she wears that hat mm. that. 
Uh, would you, would you like to come well. around this side and pick up that glop that yeah, you just spat across? Just, I was wondering if you noticed that. <laughs> I can see it there, glistening. <laughs> I can't see it from my end. That's all right. Uh, that's all right. I'll, let it, uh, let it dry. I'll take I'll take care of it during the next segment. <laughs> he just spat across the desk. <laughs> can't just give people it's some context. A, just a little, a little gobby. <laughs> uh, things I get excited when I talk chains. Like. You ever had that conversation in like a mingle situation where somebody does that spit and you all notice it, but you pretend not to? Yeah. Or the when someone laughs and they fart, they <laughs> <laughs> just keep you laugh a bit more, <laughs> but pretend it was because of their joke, not because you just heard them fart. And it's, as you get older, it's more and more common. <laughs> like everything, everything comes out. Uh, so it's Angelina Jolie. So basically the film, it's set in the twenties and Angelina Jolie is like a, she's a phone operator. And one day while she's off at work, uh, she leaves her, I think he's 10, 10 year old kid at home. And when she comes home, the kid is gone. In a time when you did that. When you could, yeah. You left the doors open. There was no stranger danger. Yeah. It was fine. So she leaves the kid at home. She calls the police. At first, they rebuff her, yeah. saying, "You know, kids. You know, I'm not going to send anyone out when chances are the kid's going to return." Yep. You know, months go past. There's a like a massive man manhunt like for this kid. Yeah. And then uh, Jeffrey Donovan, who's the captain of the police, who's kind of in charge of the missing missing all the kids related yep. things, gets in touch and says, "Hey, we found the kid. Yep. He's here." And so she comes down to the train station to meet the kid. All the press are there. And when she sees the kid, she's like, that's not my son. Yep. And Jeffrey Donovan uh, pretty much forced, like just Taking railroads her. Like, yep. no, it is, you know, he's changed. It's been six months. Yep. Things have happened to him. That's why he looks different. Angela, Angelina Jolie is adamant. Like yep. she's, she measures him up against the, the wall where she kept track of the kid's height. Like he's like two inches shorter. She goes to the dentist. The teeth are wrong. Yep. The school teacher knows. Jeffrey Donovan refuses to acknowledge that, that he's Fuck made up. a mistake. Yep. Because at the time, the LAPD are more like a, like a thug uh, totally, like no, a gang, cr- criminal organization, a criminal organization rather yeah. than a you know, and it just and they will not they will not tolerate any kind of embarrassment in the press. Yep. And she keeps pushing it and pushing it. So eventually, he has her committed to a mental hospital, and you know, and all of that entails in twenties. And we've all seen Return to Oz, <laughs> uh, so we know what happened to Dorothy <laughs> in the mental hospital at the start of that film. Uh and I don't want to. I don't want to go into. To, no, second to, to second half of the film doesn't need to be. <laughs> doesn't yeah, yeah, need to be gone to. But it is. It is great. Yeah. And like it is surprisingly violent and shocking. Where it goes to is yeah, like you said, shocking. Like it is. Yeah. Dank to, and dark as fuck. And Canada. <laughs> it goes to Canada. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the movie that like if you want to get an idea of like the tone of it, uh, frailty is what comes to my mind. Frailty. Fuck. Frailty is such a good movie. But don't you reckon? Like that final. Yeah. Half of the film, yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. And funnily enough, this movie was actually written by—I didn't realize this—was written by J. Michael Straczynski. He's the guy who created like Babylon Five and Jeremiah and right. Sense Eight, and he's one of the script, uh, one of the script guys from World War Z. Although that, mo- how they turned that into a fucking movie, I don't know. I yeah. enjoy the movie, but yeah. I've also read the book, and the book is. Yeah. <laughs> A totally different, different decisions beast. were made. But uh, I mean, I knew him. I always knew him from Babylon Five, yeah, sure. and then he went into comics where he was doing Amazing Spider-Man and Rising Stars and Midnight Nation and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. These great comics. Who'd have thought it? And then I read this. Like when he did this, he was basically considered 
un- unworkable with. Like he was untouchable because he was such a pain in the ass to work with. Right. And I, I, I don't know if that's because Babylon 5 yep. or from other things. I don't know. But uh, Well, look, if you were to ask me, having not had this conversation, what I think the best Angelina Jolie performance is, it's this one. This one. She's phenomenal. Like, gut-wrenchingly phenomenal. Yeah. You know, was it, did she do like a, a very similar to Mel Gibson in Ransom moment where she's like, give me back my son. Like there's yeah. like a real moment and it's like just sends shivers down your spine. Yeah, yeah. Whew, good one. Um, Anything you want to add to it? I, I look, There was. I just can't think of the name of the film where I was going to talk about is better Angelina Jolie performance. Oh, okay. But it's uh, the one where she gets banged ridiculously by Antonio Banderas. Oh, that's... It's outrageous. The sex scene is outrageous. Not Femme Fatale, or is it the... No, she's Brian not Femme Fatale. Film? No, that was... Uh, it's Kruger. like... It's not taking lives. Although that's great. <laughs> it's the one where she's the, like, kind of the mail-order bride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got the switched. image in my head. Yeah. I can't think of the name. That's her. That's her. That or Hackers is the greatest. No. <laughs> <laughs> Cyborg 2, thank you very much. Yeah, Cyborg 2. <laughs> oh, what a great film. <laughs> Just don't tell Albert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good Movie Monday is made possible with help from Kaiju Beer. Unashamedly intense Australian craft beer. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. This week we're talking <laughs> the Roaring Twenties. Yeah, we are. Uh, so 1920, I was, why were they roaring? Were they lying? Because they had some reverberation in the speakers. And let's let's not talk about Joe's horrible impersonation of a Tommy gun. (laughs) Right, tat, tat. No, that's not better at all. Where's my gat? (laughs) I need my gat. Uh, So I'll be honest with you, uh, and and the guys know this, any movie that takes place in the 1920s automatically has me hooked. I love that era, uh, especially of American history. Um, you haven't lived till you've seen Chad's Chad cosplay the Cider House Rules. Yeah, I mean, I just I I got nothing on that comment. <laughs> I'll start. I'll start. And you know, normally Why don't you uh, start. Yeah, normally people would I, I because I like the 1920 movies. You think I would pick a gangster movie? One of my favorite movies of all time is takes place in the 1920s. But I want to talk about one that does not Ryan's commonly off. get a, a lot of recognition. The lovely Cole Porter. Porter. Yes. It's all about the, the uh, it's a biographical stage musical. Um, it has a lot of the songs that Cole Porter, Cole, Cole Porter wrote. And if you don't, God, I can't. Uh, it reviews his life and career along with his, his, his unique relationship with his wife, Linda, who is played by Lynn, uh, Ashley Judd. Uh, Cole Porter is played by the amazing and one of my favorite actors, if not my favorite actor of all time, Kevin Klein. Oh, not of all time, but damn, God, guys, one he of my is so favorite cl- ones. He is so close to one of my, he might, I'd, I'd have to, he's up there on a pedestal for me. Um, but yeah, and it, it dress. <laughs> and it's, it, they have a very unique uh, marriage. There is love there. It explores that in depth. Um, Cole Porter was also a, a wild, lesser known homosexual. And it explores that uh, relation, um, that aspect of his life as well. When you say a also, lesser known homosexual is like, there's four homosexuals over here that people know way better. Oscar yeah. Wilde. <laughs> He's up there. I mean, they know them way better. Can Walt Whitman. That? Sorry. That's true. It was no. a phrase, a lesser known homosexual. We've but got a know. more famous one right over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just real that quickly. That guy's a second banana. It, it, and, you know, the reason it's the musical is it actually 
plays uh, some of his uh, music while during the story. Uh, they're played by very famous musicians. Alanis Morissette uh, is one of them. I believe Elvis Costello is in there as well, if I'm not mistaken. The music, uh, the story, it was it was great to watch. Also, again, it takes place in the 1920s. James. No, I'm going next. So, oh. some like it hot. I know not everyone thinks of this as a Roaring Twenties film because it came out in the 50s, but Billy Wilder's film, maybe, probably the best, I know people are going to argue Mrs. Doubtfire or or what's the other one? Uh, the Tootsie. Page. Tootsie. It's nothing's got some like it hot. Nothing has anything on Jack Lemon and some like it hot. One of the funniest movies ever made. And it takes place during the Roaring Twenties. That's in fact, they're running from gangsters. That's the, how they end up on that train with Marilyn Monroe and all those singers is to get away from gangsters. And it has one of the most, I mean, to, even today, that ending would be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say just because, and I know it's, it's cliche, but it, it's got uh, Chicago. I've got to go with Chicago. I, that was my second one, James. Seriously. On. I hate I, I'm, 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 I'm putting the microwave. Boo. Dude, Chicago's a good movie. Chicago is, it. it's. Chicago's and, and, a good movie. It's, it's probably one of the best musicals ever made. Yeah, yeah, especially, I mean, especially that adaptation of it, the 2002 adaptation. Uh, Queen Latifah's Mama Matron Morton, all the other things work really well in that. I'm, I'll be honest, though, before we wrap up, I've got to say, I'm shocked. He's got a shit? I'm shocked, shocked that you didn't go with Citizen Kane, Joe. Getting shocked. Well, the thing is, is I don't, it doesn't have, so that's not even my favorite Billy Wilder film. But when I was looking through a list really quick, I, I was like, oh, yeah, no, it, because there's a half a dozen. And honestly, Chicago was my number two pick right off the top of my head. I, I almost went with Cider House Rules because Cider House Rules is a really good movie. As well, 20s films. I, I, yeah, I mean, but I, no, no, to me, is a fantastic musical. Richard Chicago work in that movie, but he does. Yeah. Chicago sums up the Roaring 20s to me. Like, there's a ton of movies like Cider House Rules that are set in the 20s, but Chicago is a Roaring 20s film. All right. This has been Bonehead Weekly. Glenn, isolate, jo- isolate James saying shit. I'll pay you a dollar. I don't think that's what I said. You son of a cut it, Joe. Good old boneheads from Kentucky. <laughs> Do it in the voice, Glenn. The voice. That's the boneheads from Kentucky. Well done, lads. Uh, I mean, essentially, Kentucky isn't that like the mecca for half of the bloody stories that we're talking about? Like the Roaring Twenties, Kentucky. I mean, Mate One is like one of my favorite films of all time, even though that's West Virginia. It's the same. It's the same thing, right? If you say so. Yeah. I love Mate One. Fucking yeah. hell. I was going to go for Mate One, but I've talked about it too much. Yeah, right. I didn't. It didn't come up on any of the lists. Otherwise, I definitely would have uh, See, taken gotta, the excuse to watch Mate One go, again. You've got to go like you got to look up stuff like you know union movies, like you know those union movies. Well, that was the hard. It was. It was. Look, it was difficult. Like I was looking at war movies, and they all skirted. Like yeah. even the wars that took place in the twenties, because they end in the thirties. That's where the movies are set. Like people coming home. Like even like things like a very long engagement. And you're like, well, technically it could have. I suppose it could have happened. They don't really talk about the year. Because I'm looking one up now, like when Mate One came up, I instantly thought, I should have covered Strike Bound. You know the Richard Lowenstein film all about the miners down in Wonthaggy when the, the collapse happened? No, I've never it heard of it. It is a phenomenal little film. 1930s. Just looked it up. <laughs> Fucking now, the curse of the strikes again. Fuck the 20s, man. <laughs>
So I did choose one. If I would if I would have been smart, I would have just chosen movies that were made in the twenty twenties. <laughs> just recent movies. That's right. That's right. And just apply a different text context to Roaring. Yeah. You know? They're all. <laughs> what what is what are these twenties? Just the shitty twenties. The shitty twenties. Yeah. The, the, well, we don't know. I think you only get to name them after oh. the decade is finished. So the, the, it won't be the woke twenties. It'll be the the too awake twenties. Yeah. I don't too, know. Too woke. <laughs> And you'll spell it with one word. Two work twenties. Yeah. Unmanageably woke. <laughs> You'd have to be careful what you um how you describe it. I couldn't put that voice on because that would be um offensive to radio announcers. Right? And yeah. their union is pretty strong. <laughs> so let me just go to the the recommendation, shall I? Yeah, do it. Because we're just rambling right now. I'm a sucker for movies that um where the great outdoors features prominently. Oh, okay. Right. I thought you were going somewhere different with that, but okay. Where where was I going? I don't know, probably... Oh, I thought we were going to have something to do with quality. <laughs> no, you thought I was going to go for shit house? Shit, yeah. <laughs> so my I'm a sucker for movies that suck. My next recommendation is far from shit house, but when I say Great Outdoors, this is a movie that comes to mind, The Great Montana Landscape. Is it Montanan when you talk about Montana? No. Okay, what is it? It's Montana. Okay, well... Montanan? If you're from Montana, you're a Montanian? I think you're just from Montana. <laughs> I believe, what is it? His, what is it? He says in uh, in uh, in office space. I believe uh, you get your ass kicked for saying something like that. <laughs> Two weeks in a row, office space. Office space. Well done, mate. Well done. You're really, yeah, living up to yeah. the uh, the role. I'm just Dietrich Bader's <laughs> always on my mind. Uh, so this is a film I watched again a lot when I was a teenager. This one does hold up. Um, Robert Redford's The River Runs Through It, which I adore. It. Brad Pitt, Craig Sheffer, um, Emily Lloyd. Uh, Tom Skerritt, who's always old, but Tom Skerritt's always old. It's his, it's his one skill. And they age him in this film from like, you know, old to really old. I actually was watching, uh, powder in his hair. I turned the TV on (laughs) the other day before I could turn it on to whatever streaming platform I was watching and uh, Tom Skerritt's in an episode of Cheers. There you go. There you go. The guy will never die. Having said that. Next week's memoriam. Yeah. <laughs> I just knocked on <laughs> and wood. And Brenda Blithen is also in it, which um, this was before she rose to prominence because was it uh, Secrets and Lies, I think, put her on the map as like a, a someone to... Indie darling. Well, gave her an Oscar for Best Actress. Yeah. And so this came before that. So she was kind of just a nobody and she's really good in this. <laughs> I can't... I can't... They can't hear your expressions. No, they can't see my... my uh, <laughs> I roll my eyes when you called her a nobody. Like she's someone. She's now. Who was she, she then? You don't get to be in a Robert Redford, Redford film by uh, being a no one. Oh, you almost said Red I was Finn because Red that's, Finn. A, that's a fishing movie. A so that's film. very I good. was actually almost going to choose this film. Really? But then I thought I haven't got a copy of it. So. Ah. <laughs> well, I've got the old Umbrella copy oh. back from the DVD days. And this is, of course, the story of two brothers that grow up on a river in Montana whose lives sort of take a different turn as they grow into men. Um, but through all of their personal trials and tribulations and all that, they've always got the river that calls them home. That's sort of like their yeah. base. And so it is just such a beautiful film. And I feel like it came around at a time when there were lots of similar films again, because you did have Legends of the Fall shortly after. But you also very had similar. Fried Green Tomatoes has a very similar feel. See, now that, this came up on the list and I realized that I had the never flashbacks. seen... The flashbacks, ah, yes. I'd never seen Fried Green Tomatoes. So it's set in this. the 80s and then um, the old woman, Jessica Tandy tells the backstory like of this itchy character 
and it goes back right. to the 1920s, but then it works up. So it's only briefly in the 20s. It's enough. It's, a, it's tenuous enough a link for this show. But Chris O'Donnell is one of the characters from the 1920s in that, and he's got the cap on, he's got the suspenders, uh-huh. the lace-up boots. He does well in period movies, uh, Chris <laughs> he O'Donnell. He does, he does. Um, yeah, like I said, I love this film. Craig Schaefer, this is the odd thing. Craig Schaefer plays the older brother uh, who leads a very sensible life. Um, and he's torn between sort of forging a successful career and staying at home near the family to sort of, you know, live up to his parents' standards, particularly his dad, who's a minister. But Brad Pitt is the younger brother who lives on the edge. He's a gambler, he's a drinker, um, a risk taker, and he gets himself in trouble all the time. But what I find really odd is the film... He's a smoker, he's a toker. <laughs> it's a midnight a joker. <laughs> <laughs> but the film is narrated by Robert Redford. Looking back over his life, right? And is he Brad Pitt? No, his character Craig is Craig Schaefer, and I'm like, but Brad wow. Pitt looks like Robert Redford, yeah. and in this film, he looks a lot like Robert Redford. It yeah. doesn't quite meld, which is the only thing I sort of think lets the film down. But otherwise, they could have played. They could play father and son now. <laughs> they could, yeah. Well, they were in um, what was the one they were in together? Spy Games. Yeah, right. Of course, yeah, they, yeah, they were. Yeah, but I mean. I just love the storytelling in this one. It's a very melodic kind of film. It, like, it flows at the pace of the river. Like, it's a very... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it constantly cuts to shots of sun glistening off the river. you got the trees over the river. Lots Brad of that. Pitt pissing in the river. <laughs> I wish. But downstream, because he's not an idiot. <laughs> but he... A um, lot of his shots are like, you know, cast in the fly fishing lines out into the river. Yeah. And I've never... I mean, I've seen a lot of films where they film people fishing, but something about the way they capture this one is really beautiful because they get the light to glisten off the line itself. Does it make you want to go fishing? Yeah, it does. And I love fishing. That's the thing. I okay. really, I love to fish. That would have meant a lot more if you didn't love fishing. I love fishing in rivers, but I've never fly fished. And this makes me want to fly fish, even though it looks really frustrating, right? I mean, I love fishing movies so much that I love gone fishing. <laughs> have you seen that? <laughs> no, I look at... That's like a Lethal Weapon spin-off. I was like, yeah, I, looked at, I was like, this is one step too far. Directed by the guy that made Young Guns. Yeah, right. I know. And The Principal. Oh, and then that requires a serious... Uh, <laughs> reevaluation. Reevaluation. Because <laughs> yeah. The Principal is a fantastic film. It is. Um, what else have I got to say? Not a lot else. It was the... the I've got some bullet points here I wrote down. Oh, so okay. just in case I run out of things to say. Um, it was a debut film for uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He plays like oh. the very, very young Craig Schaefer character. Um, Michael uh, Cudlitz debut. Oh, lovely! And um, I mean, for people that don't know him, he's in Walking I've, Dead. He I've was, emailed Michael Cudlitz. He was Paul Krendler in the New Clarice series. Yes, he's in. Yeah, he's uh, he's in lots and lots of things. He's in lots of things. But this was his first buffhead role, like because he was a buffhead. Dark Tur- we released Dark Tourist that he made. <sighs> yes, did he direct it or? I think so. Oh, really? And star- well, he stars in it and produces it. Yeah, cool. I think he directed it. Uh, he, yeah, I've got a lot of time for him. Uh, this one won Best Oscar for Cinematography. It's those, it's those fishing line scenes, mate. That's what does it. And the cool thing about this, which I kind of want to, I kind of want to see, Robert Redford originally designed it as a movie for Lloyd Bow and Jeff Bridges. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, wouldn't that have been a good film? But like, like the Baker, even the, in the Fabulous Baker Boys, you look at Lloyd and you look at not Lloyd, sorry, you look at um, Bow and uh, Jeff. Jeff, and you're like. Are they related? <laughs> they are, because they, they both I mean, look they, like Lloyd, but in a different, in a different way. Different yeah. angle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bo is Lloyd getting out of bed in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And Poor Jeff Lloyd. is like, he's, he's had a few to drink and he's yeah. 
feeling sharp. Yes, but um, and, and I can't think of Lloyd Bridges without. I mean, he's a serious actor, a good actor. I can't think of him without thinking of flying higher hot shots. Hot shots yeah. I mean, that hanky through the ears. <laughs> the thing is, that I what I remember him most for, like I do remember him from those films, but every time he pops up, as, usually as a villain in either a western or yeah. a western TV series. When he's young, and you're like, Geez. what's the real classic one? It's not High Noon. What's he's in one like that? Something is it? Maybe Liberty Valance or something like that. He's in one of those. Jesus, big... you are horrible with names. It's Liberty Valance. Valance. <laughs> the song, like, there's a song. I was. <laughs> he says that, but let let me pull him up every time he fucks up. <laughs> yeah. You've been like Craig Sheffer. Oh, Jesus. Brad Pitt, Craig Sheffer. Craig Schaefer, Craig Schaefer. Who gives a fuck about these people? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. While we're at it, uh, Montanan and Montanian, uh, both real words. You can look that up. So you can also suck on that one, Ben. <laughs> or should I say, suck on that one, Ben, old boy. <laughs> I need to get Jarrett back on the show to make me look good. <laughs> we got here he's in heaps of westerns which is the one i'm talking about it's a question high noon he was in high, he's noon. In high noon there you go i was right from the start cut the rest of it fuck me dead <laughs> good movie monday is made possible with the support of people like Viewlorium. Viewlorium is a streaming platform for rare and obscure movies and it's absolutely free they also have a catalog full of kids flicks classic movies foreign cinema and more visit viewlorium.com today to see what it's all about And then there was you, mate. Take it away. Uh, okay. I'm going to talk about, for my second re- recommendation, I'm going to talk about a musical. And it Ooh. does have, and I had not, once again, I had seen this movie before, but my introduction to this movie was, I think, when, maybe when Mary Tyler Moore passed away. Jesus. And there is, this. the movie is uh, Thoroughly Modern Millie oh, from 1967, the George Roy Hill uh, musical. Uh, and there is a scene where Julie Andrews and um, Mary Tyler Moore get into a lift at this hotel. And I didn't have any other context other than this, but the lift only works if you dance. You have to tap dance <laughs> to get it to go because they were in this hotel prior prior to um, them moving in. Everyone who lives in this hotel had like dancers or right. kind of wannabe showgirls or whatever. Sounds like a nightmare. Flappers. They're all flappers. Yeah. And they, you know, two girls used to practice in the lift. So now the lift doesn't work unless you dance. And there's just just this great, like, dance number between the two of them, like, making the lift go up. (laughs) It is, it is absolutely uh, magical. Uh, But basically, this is so. This movie was based on the British musical uh, Chrysanthemum, and it stars Julie Andrews, Mary Tyler Moore, Carol Channing pops up. A very, very young James Fox uh, turns up, and. There's a couple of cameos. I'll talk about them later. <laughs> a couple of smaller parts. Very surprising. But basically, the movie is... So, the movie is set in this kind of... It's a hotel, but it's like a... Um, almost like a boarding house type mm. place. Yep. And uh, Julie Andrews... Julie Andrews works there. She's set on... She's a modern girl. Mm-hmm. She's she's Millie. Yep. And she has decided that she's going to find herself a rich husband by getting a job as a secretary somewhere and then marrying the boss. Right. And while she's... How progressive. Yeah, very progressive. <laughs> she's living in this uh, in this hotel. She befriends 
uh, Miss Dorothy Brown, mm-hmm. Mary Tyler Moore, who is uh, this kind of innocent, seemingly, well, mm-hmm. she, she doesn't play it very well. She's <laughs> a seemingly broke kind of young girl, but in reality, she's super rich. But yeah, you know, she doesn't hide the fact she, she doesn't really understand how to how to how to pretend to be poor properly. Sure. Um, and they go on all these kind of adventures, but there's this subplot where they, you know, of you know, trying to find rich husbands and whatnot and all this sort of stuff. Like the the plot's pretty kind of all over the place, and I'm not going to waste a lot of time trying to describe it. It, <laughs> yeah. it is a musical number, so there's a lot of there's a lot of dancing, mm-hmm. there's a lot of singing. Uh, if you like Julie Andrews, then you'll love this film, and I do. Um, but at this hotel, the Priscilla Hotel, the the manage the manageress of the hotel is also like running a like white slave trade <laughs> type thing where she and she targets like any of the women who don't have families or a lot of friends she targets them and she, then she she knocks them out with a blow with a blow gun the blow dart <laughs> and her two her two chinese henchmen played by get this Jack Sue and a very very young Niroki Pat Morita. Wow. <laughs> playing Chinese, even though he is not Chinese, <laughs> I guess. But this, it doesn't matter. It's incredibly racist. Back then, she talks, you're Asian. She talks to them in Chinese, and it's like Mickey Rooney would have won an Oscar <laughs> for uh, Breakfast at Was Tiffany's it, but is it in like comparison bro- to how she Is it broken her. English Chinese, or is it Chinese Chinese? No, like, she's talking in Chinese, but yeah. she just does, you know, she she, it's like... Yeah. You know, when somebody taking the piss out do, of do, talking do Chinese. No, it, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to get cancelled. Uh, but it is this, it's totally bizarre. I mean, I have seen this, but I'm not recalling it like that. It must be so long ago that I'm not, the image in my head is not it the same. It is such a bizarre right. kind of plot point. Because this is one I would watch along with Calamity Jane and like movies like that back in the day. It, out, is, it is excellent. It's a, Elmer Bernstein uh, conducted the score. I think he actually was won his one and only Oscar for this one. Okay, wow. Uh, but definitely worth checking out. Thoroughly modern. I think Umbrella have brought it out on Blu-ray. If they haven't, they're going to, but I'm pretty sure they have. Cool. Definitely worth checking out, especially just for that, I mean, just for that dance number in the lift. And it does, that is, every time they go on the lift, they have to do it. <laughs> so even when they're talking about other things, they're still doing this. You know, tap dance routine. And they're like, Julie Andrews would be like, oh, can you just take over? I need to do this thing. So then Mary Tyler Moore has to do the routine by herself. <laughs> and then sometimes they get stuck and then they both have to and kind how many, of how many kick flights are there? There's, funnily enough, they could have just taken the stairs. Yeah, there's <laughs> not... <laughs> it's it's yeah. like the Karate Kid complex. It's only one story. Yeah, but it's, and it's one of those lifts that it's like, it's one of those Art Deco type lifts where they're open. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's the, the it's got the chain, yeah. the, the draw thing that comes across and stuff. So everyone can see them it's, do the it's dance. It's the lift that Madeline Kahn got stuck in in Lifesavers. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, yeah, very entertaining film, highly recommended. Well done, old chum. <laughs> Thanks, pal. <laughs> That's another episode, done and dusted. This one went pretty quick. It did. <laughs> I was thinking, I don't know what it was. Was it the changeling? Something made me think I should have done The Lost City of Z. That was set in the 1920s and that was a great movie. Okay. Is that the one? I always get this one mixed up. Which is the one with uh, Margot Robbie and she's the, like the, one of the last, uh, her and Chiwetel yeah. Ejiofor yes. are like the last people on earth. It's not this one. Yeah, It's right. not this one. This is the no, one no, with no. Robert, um, Robert Patterson and... And Charlie Hunnam, I think it is, maybe. Anyway, it's a treasure hunt movie directed by James Mangold, and I probably should have done that one. It's a good one. Cider House Rules is another one. That came up on every list I looked at. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ben's back on his. Uh... I'm trying to find Z is for Zachariah is the one I was thinking. Oh, of. it's the Z. It's the Z. I'm not very good with the names, mm. places, dates, times, I mean, uh, films. Are we supposed to say the Lost City of Z? Like that's the thing. I don't you know. You know, your teacher would get crook at you when you say Z. Z, yeah. What are we Americans? <laughs> I don't. Know. Hey. It's me mispronouncing. That's yeah. what I do. It's just it's your stick. <laughs> that's right. That and sequels. It's a complex from teachers, you know? That's, yeah. that's what it is. You're just rebelling. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we got this one out of the way. Like, let us yeah. never come back to it again. Let's, let's, <laughs> we need to come up with another way to do a, a, a topic where it's pre 1920s or post. Hey, it would have been okay if our guest came through. Yeah. Would have but made anyway. A lot more sense. Um, Hey, we've got a good one to come back with next week, though, because we are having another Melbourne Horror Film Society episode. Yes, uh, Malzy Beg is back on the desk. It's been a long month; like it's been five. It's a five-week month. All right. And I know she's missing it sorely, and um, it'll be good. Our theme for next week is body parts in horror, so no doubt that that'll be fun. Yes, can't wait. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and we're also going to be doing a round of horror trivia, as we do whenever Malzy is on the desk, and yeah. much to uh, your delight. Yep. Three-part questions. Get ready for them. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a downgrade from six parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> want to thank the Good Movie Monday team. Of course, it's Guillermo, Joe, Chad, and James. Of course, thanks to Jarrett. He's away. He's going to be back soon. Send in Heidi Ho's out there to Chloe, Melzi, Tia, and Sam. Heidi Ho. Heidi Ho. <laughs> <laughs> <a> big turd. <laughs> Our sign-off this week is a total toe-tapper. I think you're going to appreciate this one, Ben. It's uh, Bad Boys from the Bugsy Malone soundtrack. I'm surprised that neither of us did Bugsy Malone. I stayed away from it because I thought, oh, Glenn's definitely going to be doing well, Bugsy I Malone. I had to get it in somehow. Yeah. Here it is. This is a toe tapper, man. Enjoy. See you all next week.
I'm not very good with the names, mm. places, dates, times, I mean, uh, films. 